Pushkin. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is accelerating innovation with T-Mobile for business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. If your business needs a new application, then developers will have to write code. A lot of code. If an application needs to be modernized, then you'll need time resources, and caffeine. If that sounds daunting, then you need Watson X Code Assistant, AI designed to multiply developer productivity so you can generate code quickly. Let's create a more modern foundation for business with Watson X Code Assistant. Learn more at ibm.com slash code assistant. IBM. Let's create. Like, now I don't need that at 35 years old. I don't need... Someone to show me me. Finally. And that's probably something that has happened in like the last year. Really? Yeah. Like coming through divorce and, and other things. Like now I'm like, oh shit, I just need to show myself myself and be around people who aren't going to fuck that up for me right now. And then it will change, I hope, again. But um, I just think I was really affected by not being an obvious choice and now I see that the reasons for why I am like what I am are um, are just more complex than that that was Jenny Slate I'm Sam Fragoso this is Talk Easy welcome to the show start with a question. How do you define someone who is so capable of defining themselves? Someone whose default is to lead with the heart. Someone unafraid of public introspection. Someone who doesn't give a candid interview, but is in fact candid. This is, at least in my limited experience, who Jenny Slate is. She's also many other things besides honest. A comedian, a performer, a voice actress, an acclaimed author. If Slate decides she'd like to do or be something, there's a good chance she'll do it. Three years have passed since her breakout turn in Obvious Child, in which she played a 20-something comedian 
tasked with confronting an unplanned pregnancy. Now, her and director Gillian Robespierre have returned with their latest collaboration, Landline, which is primed to hit theaters later this month. It's a dramedy set in 1995 New York, where two sisters find themselves at personal crossroads when they discover that their father is having an affair. Dad's having an affair? Oh my god. Why does he sometimes refer to himself as her Pillsbury Doughboy? Oh, it's because he calls his junk dough? Oh, Jesus. God, just broke my brain. Like Obvious Child, Landline is shaped around Slate's sense of humor. Self-deprecating, self-aware, a tad morbid, and always funny. Both in the work and in conversation, she has this uncanny ability to be sincere. Now, here is Jenny Slate. I woke up this morning being like, ugh, my career's over. <laughs> so, so do you want to start with that? Sure. Why would you think that? I mean, to get really real, why I would think that is like, um, is that there, there aren't a lot of good parts. Like everybody says it and they've said it for forever, but like, I um, am not seeing a lot of stuff coming my way. I think all of a sudden, I was like, oh, I guess there is a thing about that they want the 23-year-olds more than they want the women of my age, even though I think I'm young and fresh and vibrant or just like, I sh- you know, whatever, viable. All those things. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I feel that way. And like, I've never even stopped to not consider that. And then... um you know, every once in a while, I send like a panicked email to my agents being like... What does that read like? Um, it's like, hey guys, uh, what are the projects coming up that I could be involved in? Um, I want to work with a director who has a really developed voice. And I feel like I work with a lot of first-time directors because I like that. And I like like starting from scratch, but I'm starting to realize like, wow, what would it be like to be in the hands of a master? Right. You know? To be more like, okay, I'm going to come on set and someone's going to guide me through this expertly. Yeah, just someone who has like a very, I love being around people who are starting to find what they want to say. And I'm not saying that that's not important because it is. It's very important to me because I'm almost always in that state. Right. But I'm also like, yeah, but what about the like, Miranda July's and the Nicole Hall of Centers and the Jill Soloway's and the Barry Jenkins people and um, Charlie Kaufman and Spike Jones. Like, what about them? What about them? And uh, and can I be a part of something that's really, really has a lot of muscle to it at this point? In my opinion. And what is the answer? Like, those projects are few and far between. Those people are artists. They take a long, long time to do their things, and a lot of times they have someone in mind. So it feels like personally weird, heartbreaking or something. Hmm. Um, But also you also have to like chill out and be like, it will take one thing to satisfy that thing, which is I want to, I want to partner with somebody who I consider to be a living, living artist who is like further along on their path. 
you know, like I used to be like, I want to have a female counterpart to partner with. And then I found Gillian Robespierre and I feel satisfied in that. And I don't know what our next project will be, but I'm like, I feel fine about it. I don't mind the unknown. I just mind the hunger. Do you mind it or are you just responding to it? I'm responding to it. But it also, you know, when you're hungry, you're like fidgety. Yeah. And that's what I'm like. I'm like a fussy little baby. Right. Um, (laughs) I'm a fussy baby. Yeah. We've landed on that. Fussy baby. I'm a fussy baby a little bit. But but on the other hand, I have a pretty like distinct set of preferences that my agent tends to remind me of. Like? Like, well, Jenny, you know... You're, you don't want to be in, um, you don't want to be on network TV. You don't do that. You won't do it. And she's right. I don't want to do it. Yeah. Um, well, you did it. I did it. I sort of did it, but I, I didn't. I tried. You did the best version of it. You came in to Parks and Rec. Yeah, that's the best. Not under contract. Doing something. That, was, that part was written for me by a friend. Yeah, that was genius. Yeah. But can I go for seven years in a row if I'm lucky? Because I guess that's what's supposed to happen and play the same person every day. You are a fidgety baby. There's no yeah, way that's going to work. Do it. There's no chance. And I don't I don't want to. But would I like to, you know, like be on transparent? Like something like that. Right. Where it's like everything is a piece of beautiful piece of art every time. Yeah. What are the other preferences besides network TV? I don't want to... Um, be in like a big bad studio comedy and be like a, a version of what men think women are. Mm-hmm. And if and that is majorly happening still. Right. And you've avoided it really well because I was looking at your IMDb this morning. Seemingly every project you've done, it looks like you've wanted to do it. Yeah. Some of them turn out badly, but well, sure. that doesn't matter. Yeah, they're, gonna, <laughs> they're not all going to be good. No, no. But that, I have to say, is like, that's an impressive feat. You go through anyone's IMDb and you're like, okay, that one, they were they were broke as hell. They needed to take that job. Well, I have like a couple of those. I have one of those. Okay, which one? Alvin and the Chipmunks. But I also will say, and this is also why sometimes I get into like weird relationships in my life in general, there's almost always something positive about it. Like I am never just like purely stuck in a dick, you know, like <laughs> Alvin and the Chipmunks, I was like, no. I'm not doing this. I don't like, because I love children's films. And I was like, I don't like these movies. They're like, I don't like them. And I loved Alvin and the Chipmunks, the cartoon growing up. And I was like, I don't like this like animation. I don't get it. It's not for me. Mm -hmm. But I've been fired from SNL. I had no money. And my agent was like, I really like my agent. Um, She has really good taste. And she was like, Jenny, I promise you, you can make as many black and white independent films as you want. But take this job because you don't know how to make a studio movie. And it was true. Like, I'd never been on a stage before. I'd never watched a camera move on, like, a big crane. And um, I'd never had a trailer before. Just different things like that. That, like, if you think that you're not a creature who is going to be affected by these things in your environment, then you're wrong. And if you're trying to do something creative and you, like, realize that deep down inside of yourself you're afraid of how the camera moves because it's on a big machine, that's what I'm like. I'm, like, that sensitive you know, then like you need to learn that. So those were my training wheels. Plus everyone was nice, you know, and plus like I'm not super comfortable being in the mainstream because it reminds me of like being a dork. And so uh, I got to say to myself, like, of course I belong here. What do you mean by that? I think I've had this uh, sort of erroneous assumption and really um, useless belief for a while 
that the way in which people will accept me is if I like, like trick them or like, like dance into the room, mm-hmm. you know, like that I'm not allowed to just like walk in the door. Novelty. Yeah. Or just like, um, that I'm not, I'm not like what's for dinner. I'm like a weird sauce for people who have adventurous taste. And the fact is that's not true at all. That's not true. It's, that's like me being pretty close minded and coming from a place of like fear and trauma because I was like bullied and can't get over it. Well, I, this is interesting because when did that come about for you? Because in in high school, you're like the valedictorian. Does it start there? The what? Being bullied or the fear of like not being liked or feeling um, like a novelty? I think I was I was bullied in middle school, which is like only something that I tend to think about now in my adulthood now that I'm in the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. I didn't really think about it very much in college. Um, but in high school, then I was just kind of like random and then I made friends and I wasn't super popular, but I wasn't being bullied. But I didn't feel very attractive and... Um, I never, I I really wanted to be, I was like horny and, you know, I just wanted a boyfriend and I wanted to be chosen. Hmm. And those, those are feelings that I had and there's no reason to label them as like cheap or, you know, purely narcissistic feelings because they're, they're feelings of like loneliness and wanting to be in a love relationship and really wanting to be seen. And not having enough of your adulthood and personhood that you can see all of that for yourself. Right. Like now I don't need that at 35 years old. I don't need someone to show me me. Finally. And that's probably something that has happened in like the last year. Really? Yeah. Like coming through divorce and and other things. Like now I'm like, oh shit, I just need to show myself myself and be around people who aren't going to fuck that up for me right now. And then it will change, I hope, again. But um, I just think I was really affected by not being an obvious choice. And now I see that the reasons for why I am like what I am are um, are just more complex than that. Do you think it's okay to, to not be an obvious choice? Yeah, I think it's awesome. Right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. But but when you're a teenager, right? you're just like, I don't want to be the weird like tabbouleh salad. I want to be the hamburger. <laughs> I love hamburgers. I love hamburgers too. And the name of my Wi-Fi is hamburger because it's a name that makes me so happy. <laughs> like Jughead hamburgers, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like flat, round hamburgers. Wow. Oh, cheeseburgers, really. That is a fact I'm positive not that many people knew. Um, my, you... my mouth's just like filled with saliva. I love those. Oh my God. I'm going to get one today. Like a, a flat cheeseburger. Okay. Yeah. After this interview? After the next thingy. Okay. <laughs> For dinner. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's so important. I know. I like, I have to live so specifically. I, I, this, all these things are like, whoa. Well, no, what I think is really wonderful, um, just to give context for people, yeah. is that uh, you were coming over here and you you call me in a panic. Okay, well, it, did it seem a panic? You were like, I'm so, so sorry. I don't like being late. I'm late. <laughs> I'm, I'm listening to this podcast right now and I, I mindlessly went the wrong way. And are we on the right street? And um, yeah, you gave such 
specific details about what was happening. Yeah. And I have to say, I think it's the sign of a good person. Really? Yeah, because you're not being like, oh, yeah, I'm just late. Sorry. No, it's like, I'm going to tell you exactly what was happening in my mind in the headspace. And that's how I got here. Oh, that's so nice because, God, that's so, that's really nice. I think it's true, right? Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I... I was saying to my friend the other day, I'm trying to work on a new project that kind of makes me want to quit like all the other shit I'm doing, but I'm going to do it all. I'm going to do it all. But I was saying to my friend that like, it bums me out that I'm not, that, that I consider myself to be a person who like is inclined to believe in magic, forces, um, stuff like that. Not in like a... You know, there was a time in like the the mid-2000s when I was like into The Secret. Mm-hmm. Even though I was like, this is cheesy, I was kind of like, I don't know, I'll take from this. You know, I'll do it. I like it. Um, but that I have felt like I have sort of been forced to be a person of like not a structured faith anymore and that I miss having like a faith-based belief system. Mm-hmm. And that recently I was like, it's so weird to believe that the only religions we can have are the ones that are like made up by men a long, long time ago. Even the Buddha, a man. Um, I can't, and that, or it'll be like Wicca, but it's kind of like, you just think of like the craft or Stevie Nicks or something like that, or just like people who sell crystals and stuff. And I was like, even if I keep it to myself, which obviously I'm not, because I can't keep anything to myself. And this is something I'm going to work on with my therapist. Um, is having private space, um, is that I was like, I'm going to make a new religion just for myself that I'm going to do. And I'm going to like straight up write it out. Like I'm going to write a book of prayers and I'm going to do it all and I'm going to write it. And it, and it will end up being a book of feminist essays and prayers and love letters, but it will be my personal Bible for my faith. And will it include other people's writing or like other people's contributions or does, or is it just everything you've uh, digested over the years that's really interesting well i mean technically it should you know like have some gwendolyn brooks in there and have some mfk fisher that's and what have i'm saying clarice lyspector and obviously virginia wolf and shit like that and a million other things but um now i have to start with my own thing right but i also feel like if i don't leave here los angeles if i don't leave here I won't focus on it because I can't, I'm a, I have a really bad focus problem. Yeah. You mentioned this is something you get angry I hate about. It. it makes me for a while, like convinced me that I wasn't smart when I was a kid. Your inability to focus on something. Yeah. It, it, uh, it's like, it's not that I'm not interested. It's that my mind does wander and everything feels equally important to me. Mm-hmm. And I have some stand-up about this, about how, like, I also have a hard time falling asleep because it's like a handicap that I'll be like, but, you know, what if what if I did get to go to that farm in Japan where all the animals aren't segregated and, like, the goat stands on top of the capybara and stuff? And then I'll think about that and be like, fuck, it's been 35 minutes. I have to go to bed. <laughs> you know, and there's also negative stuff, too, but I'm just in the happy time now. Do you think acting and writing and being a creative person fits your temperament as you were talking about it earlier as like a dreamy wanderer? Like that's that's kind of your headspace, right? Like you do bounce around from ideas to ideas. 
Yes, of course. But it's only recently that I've been able to feel like legitimate about it. That it's like... This seems like this is a recurring trend about legitimacy. Like, Do you feel in the last year an identity has really... A new identity has come about? Oh, I always have the same identity, but... I mean, not... Yes, in a way, same identity. I don't have like those kind of crises. Although I will say getting divorced, feeling that the way that relationships in my life, romantic relationships have broken apart in my life has affected my friends and family makes me feel like um, a sort of a gloomy force sometimes because I also have a problem not sharing, you know, which is like good and bad. It's a strength and a weakness. So like my parents know everything about the ways in which I feel that I've failed. They are relentlessly positive about me. Mm. So if I'm like, oh my God, I failed in my relationship because of this, they'll be like, no, that person failed you. Right. You know, and then we, we come to a place together where it's like, we kind of both failed each other. But, um, which is what it usually is. Yeah. That's totally what it is. And, and that also is a way that I become closer with my parents. I feel like sometimes I teach them to be less rigid Mm. because they're so protective of, of me and my sisters. But you said you're not good at sharing. I'm not. That's what you said. And I was confused. By oh no, that. no, I, I am good at sharing. Oh, yeah, I share too much. Oh, that's what that's what you that's said earlier. That's probably what I meant. Okay, because you said that was a reason it's so gloomy is that I I'm not good at sharing. Oh, I'm not good at not sharing. Oh, that's so. Amazing. They all know everything, and I feel like it's okay. you know whatever. But so that for me, in the past year, I've been like, ugh, am I am I like a drag? Am I and I am I a repetitive drag? Oh, that's like the she's worst. Doing this shit again, right? You know. Where it feels cyclical. Yeah. You know, and but every time like somebody will be like, oh man, I just feel like a broken record. I'm always coming to you with the same stuff. I don't feel that way about them at all. You know, I don't feel that way about my friends who have, because you cycle through. Mm. And for me, the thing that I'm working on now is feeling legitimate as an artist and a, a creative person. Because I also think when you are an actress and you're a woman, there is a double sense of waiting for access and that that access is not really your, part of your control. And, and in a way, that's true. Like if you're making a movie and I want access to that, you, it's your choice. So that's just part of the thing. Mm-hmm. That's just it. If I want access to your podcast, you have to ask me. I could ask to be on it. But it's still permission. You could have asked. Yeah, totally. I would have said, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. But you would still have to give permission. Mm -hmm. And that is something that um, hurts my feelings. Even though it's just part of, not this, but like that permission being judged um, hurts my feelings. Have you got a lot of no's? Um, I think I have a fair amount. But I do get yeses on a lot of the things that I do want. Um, but I think most of the jobs that I've been doing now are small films that are offered to me. I'm making a movie right now that I had to audition for and I auditioned for thinking I'll, I'll never get this part. Um, and so it does feel good to, to be accepted, but like, you gotta be careful about 
how much acceptance frames whether or not you think you're allowed to like be here in general. Hmm. That's it. And then, and then there's this other thing like of legitimacy. That's what I'm, that, that it's just an overarching sort of thing. Legitimacy. Yeah. Legitimacy. Like I want to just have my creative um, energy or whatever be in everything that I do. Meaning like my house plants and how I make my bed and how I begin my day that I'm always like nurturing that thing in myself because I have until recently treated that like creator within myself or whatever, the creative thingy that I have as something that I only get to play with when I'm given playtime. Ah. You know, and now I'm like, no. This is the access. Yeah. Like I can do this always. It's, and it doesn't have to be weird like I imagine a camera on me or something. It's like, this is a, this is my like spirit. I can have it whenever I want. Is that what happens on something like Landline? Um, like doing that work? Yeah, like it, does it feel like you have free reign? Yeah, it does. That movie was hard to make because um, I play a woman who is asking questions about her relationship right and who is experiencing stasis that is masquerading as stability mm-hmm. and that happens i think a lot in long-term committed relationships especially ones that kind of like begin in college and so you have a really cool bond but you you might or may or may not grow apart and that's like almost feels terrifying and disgusting stasis masquerading as stability yeah it's a really smart way of putting it that's what that is for that character, at least. And I was getting divorced while I was making this movie and also experiencing like my first panic attacks of my life. So what do those look like? Physically ill. Like they made me feel like I, I thought I was having a heart attack. Like it would just. Like my chest hurt and I thought I was going to throw up and I was sweaty and crying and and a lot of shame, paranoia, a feeling of being separate from my things about myself that I liked. I described it to my parents as feeling like my sadness and isolation felt so great that I felt like I was swallowed by a large worm but <laughs> I was alive. But then either because I'm poison or the worm just was itself and it was at the end of its like worm life that it died, but I was forced to live inside of it. And because I had the will to live, I would trudge forward, carrying the weight of this like big gelatinous dead worm that was invisible to everyone but me. And I'm like screaming from inside of the worm, which stinks and doesn't have enough air. And that's like how I'm living. That's how it felt like. I'm just like living in the worm. Detail. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'll write something about living in the worm and it will be cool. Oh, that'll be chapter one yeah. of your book. No, man. That's too much. Yeah. You're going to close that book. You're not going <laughs> to... Chapter one of my Bible, In the Worm, by Jenny. In a dead worm. In the dead worm. Ambling around. Yeah. And then when I told my parents that, they were like genuinely like concerned. Mm. Yeah. So Landline was a good time? It was a good time, but it was hard. Right. It was like, Obvious Child was like, whoa. Making a movie. It's funny you're talking about um, you're calling your parents on set because the one thing I wrote down uh, from Landline and talking about it is that it is the 
movie equivalent to the light bulb moment when you realize, oh, fuck, my parents are just as silly and idiosyncratic as the rest of us. Right. And I really wish they weren't. I wish they were like perfect templates. Right. And then you're calling your parents and to me it's all connected. Yeah. Do you remember when you saw your parents in that light of like, ah, you guys are great, but you're not perfect? Um, just recently. Like. Jeez, a lot's happened to you recently. Yeah, it has. Majorly. This is the most interesting time I've had in so, so long. Mm. And the most delightful as well. You're a new record, not a broken record. Yeah. I mean, I'm also a broken one or whatever, you know, we all are, but, um, I think just, you know, my dad has this thing that he does that my older sister especially is really afraid of, where he'll be like, he'll be so upset that we are in pain that he'll almost like yell at us about over about how to simplify it. So it's like, it's kind of bitchy a little bit. And I don't think, I think he'll listen, if he listens to this, he won't be like, how dare you? You right. know, it'll be like, oh my God, you know, this, this person is really bumming me out. They said this about me and they made me feel this way and I don't know what to do. And my dad will be like, Jen, just cut it off. Okay. Just like, you know, no more of this. You saw what you needed to see, get over it, move on. And then I have to be like, dad, you can't use that tone with me. And you have to separate your own feelings of fear that I'm being hurt from the fact that your advice makes like no sense for a complex person. (laughs) You know, like, no, I'm not going to move on. I'm in this. Like, help me. Ask me things. And then when I was able to like have that conversation with my dad, the most beautiful thing was that like, and I'd have it a lot where I'm like, can you not use that tone, please? (laughs) It doesn't help. Yeah. And he'll be like, Jen, not only will he be like, I'm sorry, he'll call back a day later and be like, wow, I really, I really got wrapped up in myself and I'm, I'm sorry. And I would like to discuss this with you because it's interesting. And then, you know, that, that's the way. But so that only recently was I like the way in which my dad sort of yells at me when he's upset is, is not okay. Is like weird and, or not weird, just like doesn't do it for me. And also that like my mom's heightened uh, view of the world and that it is dangerous is also something I don't believe in. What's heightened? I think my mom is like, um, like there's not a malicious bone in her body. She is like straight up not a, a manipulative woman. Did you inherit that? Um, I, I think I can be a little bit punchy. More, I think I can be way more punchy than my mom. I don't think it like, my mom is, is just uh, completely herself. Take it or leave it. And I have more artifice to me sometimes because I'm a performer and I have to, that's like the power of knowing yourself is that like your powers can be for good or evil. You know, if you, if you're an actress, then you know how to pretend stuff. Yeah. That's like part of your skill set. But it also means you know how to pretend, uh, social interactions. Yeah. I don't do that. Do you keep, do you keep it honest? I try to, but I, I recently had uh, a really bad, not recently, like a month and a half ago, um, a really bad blind date that was like so bad. And I've got to say, 
it's an it's a story that is so intense that if I told you, you you'd be like you won't, you won't believe it. But here's what I have to say about it before I tell it. Okay, is that what I feel bad about is that I knew for the whole time that I was pretending to enjoy myself, and that I felt like it was one of the only experiences in my adulthood where I was like I'm acting right now. An absolute performance yeah. from beginning to end. Right, which is different than trying to please someone. Yes, or 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 trying to just seem like they're like there's nothing wrong with you, or you're your best self, or whatever. Like you know, we all sort of shine it up sometimes, right? You know, like well, because, I'm not gonna like tell you everything it, he, today because some of the stuff I think like sucks. Yeah, and also <laughs> it's like sometimes it's not your place. Yeah, totally. Sometimes like the thing we're taught as kids is like honesty is the best policy, which is like some mostly it is. Yeah, but sometimes it's you can you can parse out the honesty. In, in increments that people can actually handle. That's right. Because sometimes the honesty you, it'll pour out of you, and it's like, no, you're doing that for you, not for them. Oh, yeah. It's, it's so you, It's you being masturbatory and like yes. kind of an asshole. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, sorry. Like, I'm just being honest. Well, it's like, I, if, well, if someone great. says that one more time. I'm just taking a shit with the door open. Yeah. It's not helping anybody. I, I, I'm just being honest. Anytime someone says, I'm just being honest, what they're really saying is, I'm just being an asshole. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just like. And I hope you accept it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that. I don't like that. I don't like that. Um, yeah, just be honest. You don't have to tell me you're being honest. I'll know. You know, you don't have to remind me. Yeah, and I'll, and to be and to be honest, which I guess is one of my little like vocal tics. Um, sometimes you can be honest in more subtle ways. Sometimes you can say I'm not enjoying this, or this isn't my vibe, um, or I love this by not just you know being completely like just flat about it yeah deadpan yeah um yeah so what happened on the stage oh okay so it's hard because i did not act like i wasn't having a good time so that's why i feel bad about it but i was having a really bad time um so i got set up on a blind date by the husband of my best girlfriend and he set me up with a man that he didn't know very well and she had never met he, the person who set us up, my friend Zach, was like, this is going to be a real blind date. No pictures, no last names. And I was like, okay, fine, because I've never been on an internet date. I also like wasn't very interested in dating. Mm. Like, I'm just not there right now. So um, I was like, fine, fine, I'll do it. But it actually took like a month for me to do it. So the guy gets my number. He's like, where should we go? I'm like, I don't know. What do you think? And then he made, he's like, uh, I don't know, something normal like the Renaissance Fair, which was like a joke. You right, know what I mean? Right. He didn't mean it. He wasn't like a Renaissance guy. He It was a joke. Yeah. But for me, and I am a comedian, so whatever, I was like, mm, no. Like, that's not a funny joke. That, it was a weak bit. Because it's already been done. You know what I mean? If he had been like, I don't know, do you want to like go to the La Brea tar pits and like scoop some tar out and give ourselves like a facial and burn ourselves and then only be able to know each other, I would be like, huh, what? Like, you know, okay. I mean, something new is going on here. But he basically did the equivalent of... Did you just come up with that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> he basically did the equivalent of like when guys do fat guy in a little coat and they act like it's not a Chris Farley callback. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is a joke that's in our system. So you're a little bit unoriginal or, or even worse, you don't know you're unoriginal. You think it's fine to do this. You know what I mean? And also, just I want clarity. Yeah. Does he know 
no, it's you. He doesn't know I'm a comedian. He doesn't know. Okay. Like whatever. It's me. Whatever that means. But like, no, he just knows. Well, he knows it, it means I'm a something. It means something. You know what? I do think he knew I was a comedian named Jenny. Oh, then I can't believe he's making any bits. Um, wait, just wait, because you know what? And you're going to act like this isn't a true story, but I'd want to say it is. Okay. I'm going to act like it is because I'm going to believe you. Yeah. It's hard though. Once it starts going, you're like, you're not, it's going to okay. be hard for you. All right. I mean, maybe. So anyway, he's like, let's go to the Renaissance Fair. <laughs> And I call my friends and I'm like, I'm not going on this date. Like immediately. I'm like, I'm not doing it. And they're like, oh, Jenny, come on. Don't be so close down. Like you need to get out there. I'm like, oh, fine. Then we have a series of text messages back and forth that I'm just kind of like, what is this? What is this? Is this what dating is like? You know, I was with my ex-husband for nine years. Then I was in like a very serious relationship that was like passionate for a year. And I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I just don't know what's going on. Uh Um, And... He's asking me these questions that I'm like, what the fuck? Why don't you just wait? What is he asking? Like, where was the last place he flew on an airplane? And I'm not a rude or cruel woman, but I was like, I don't, dude, I, just wait. Like, you're sitting across from me right now. Sit me down. I'll tell you anything. Just wait. Just wait until Saturday. Also, that's the kind of question that is like, I'm going to go on the internet and search random questions to ask someone. Yeah, it's not great. I've but- never asked that to anyone. Not yeah. ever. Yeah. It's a real speed dating question. I just kind of, the whole thing, I was like, what? I don't like this. Um, I would love it in other circumstances. If it was like fire away, like quick fire. This is a page in Entertainment Weekly, you know? Like, <laughs> what was the last thing you ate? What was the last thing you, whatever. Um, so then I'm like, I made us a reservation at this restaurant. Will you meet me there? He's like, yes. Is it fancy? I'm like, no. And he's like, okay, so should I wear something like this? And he sends me a picture of, a knight's costume, like from the Renaissance Fair. At which point I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Because I didn't even jump on this riff in the first place. It's not like I was like, yes, and I will wear my wench's costume and bring a cup of mead or like whatever. You know what I mean? I'm just like, huh? Like, <laughs> what? Why are you doing this? You didn't respond positively Never. to the Never. In the first place, I, I in fact... He had been like Renaissance Fair and I had been like, why don't we just go to the cafeteria of the Kaiser Permanente, <laughs> which is a hospital. Yeah, you know? no, I got okay. it. Um, which is like neither here nor there, but it's not the fucking Renaissance Fair. Okay. So I just in general was like, I'm, I'm not feeling good about this. I don't understand why he's calling back to this bit that was never viable is how I feel. Mm-hmm. And I, I just don't, I don't like people who are half, I mean, I like people who are halfway funny, but that's not what I want for my boyfriend. I want either, I want something else. I don't even care. But You just, want outright funny or? Originally funny, but don't just like reuse, you know, don't do that. I don't, I don't want that. Um, and so I show up to the date. Well, on the day of the date, I was like, how will I know it's you? And I thought he would be like, I'm six one. I've got a beard, you know, or something like right, that. Right, right. I had heard he had a mustache also, which was already. I'm like, uh, dicey. I don't know, uh-huh. right? I'm not. I just don't know about that. Is he going to look like a guy that works at Intelligentsia? Because I don't. That's not my vibe. That is such a LA reference. Yeah. Is he going to look like a barista? But I know exactly from a Verizon ad. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? There we go. Like what Verizon thinks, quote unquote, like quote unquote hipsters look like, which also is nothing. Yeah. Not a real thing. Um, so I get, he's like, I'll be wearing a blue shirt and a blue hat to match. I'm like, he's wearing a hat? What the hell? Already, I'm like, a hat? That's crazy. 
Yeah. What the hell? Not great. And why does he already know? You know what I mean? It's 1 p.m. <laughs> so I'm like, Jenny, no, don't be a cunt. It takes you like so long to pick out an outfit before you leave your house. Pick one out now and stick to it. And now you'll grow from this. So I pick out an outfit. I'm like, I'm going to be wearing a multicolored skirt and a black shirt. I go to the restaurant. I'm like, I'm here. I'm in the booth. Where are you? He's like, I'm just settling up at the bar. Be right there. He comes around the cor- like the corner inside the restaurant. This dude, and I'm not kidding, is dressed in full chain mail. He's got a full authentic knight's costume on, including a floor length <laughs> tabard, which I called a tunic. And then he corrected me and was like, it's actually a tabard. It was made of like a thick smoky blue suede. He had a crest. He had like a coin purse. It was authentic. He told me later he had rented it from the Russell Crowe Robin Hood movie. I'm like, my heart sinks. <laughs> my heart sinks. Because I was like, I was already worried that he was maybe going to be a dork. Which is, you know, which is like my own opinion of what a dork might be. Whatever. That he was not going to be for me. Because of the humor. This, I didn't even, I was like shocked. You know? And also immediately I'm, I'm rageful. Because I'm like. You asshole, whoever you are, you've now put me in a heightened version version of like a position that women are put in all the time, which is like a man gets an idea of himself, puts himself in this narrative, drags a woman into it because he's the focal point, And now you're just dragged in against your own like will. And either your choice is crush his dreams and be a cunt or be like a dream girl. Uh, by being positive and supporting him in this thing that that you are not a part of and you don't care about and is totally about him. Where you're an accessory to show him more of himself mm-hmm. and tell him that the world is there to support him. It's the worst. So I'm like... Which is a lot on a first date, by the way. Yeah. All, all of this. Mm. So of course I pick option two because I don't want to be mean, you know? And this is also why I will like one day be, be kidnapped because I like can't say no. <laughs> And like why I often find myself in situations with people who don't satisfy me because I don't want to hurt their feelings. And so I like jump up. I'm like, oh my God, call back. Whoa, I feel so underdressed. And I like sit in the booth. I have a whole date with him. His chain mail's like getting caught on stuff. I am <laughs> feeling feelings that like I never even felt as a teenager, which are like, you're embarrassing me. I never, I was not, not that teenager even. I, and I'm embarrassed. I'm like mortified. And... And also just mad. And then, so he's like trying my pasta with like the chain mail clinking across and stuff. (laughs) It's like insane. And I'm just like, I'm enjoying soothing him or something. I'm enjoying being kind. I'm enjoying not being totally freaked out, which by the way, I also am. And I also, and I feel despair, you know, because I don't want to be alone forever. And why, why am I here? Why am I here? You know? So eventually when I don't feel like it, it looks like I'm running away to make fun of him. I go to the bathroom. I'm like, excuse me, I just have to use the ladies' room. I go to the bathroom. I text like a bazillion people being like, yo, I'm on a date with a fucking knight right now. <laughs> okay. He has like a coin purse and like chain mail and a tabard and suede riding pants and boots and stuff. And like it's, it's major. It's happening. This is, a, you know, whatever. And I didn't say where I was. Um... So I go back to the table. Uh, he goes to the bathroom, at which point one of my friends who I had texted just happened 
to walk into the restaurant. At which point I like flew over to her, like one of those women who has like been kidnapped by like a weirdo and has been kept in a basement for like 10 years. And because I'm like a good girl or whatever, like he's like, you're a good girl, like takes me to the mall. And I see someone from like my church or my community and they're like, Jenny, where have you been? And I'm like, with my boyfriend, I'm like, like giving like SOS. And they're just like, wow, you, you're like, so you look like you lost your chan. Have you been inside for 10 years or whatever? <laughs> so I'm like, did you check your phone? And my friend May is like, what? And I'm like, did you check your phone? She's like, Jenny, you're freaking out right now. Like, what's going on? No, my phone's in my car. I haven't checked it for like two hours. And I see her gaze shift from me to like slightly over my left shoulder. She's like, Jenny, I, eh? and I'm like, oh, fuck the night. He's like right behind me. I know it. I know it. He's like right there. He comes up. He's like, you know, he's like in chain mail. I'm like, this is my new friend, blah, blah, blah. And May and my other two friends are like, hey, like, what's up? And I'm just like, like no one even mentions his chain mail because it's too weird. <laughs> like, it's too weird. So then, like, we leave. And in the parking lot, he's like, you know, this chain mail, as I said, is authentic. And it's like kind of like digging into my legs. Would you help me disrobe is what he asked me. Oh. I'm like, sure, dude, you got it. At which point I take off the tabard which is, as I said, made of a thick, smoky blue suede. It gets caught around his chest. I'd be like, arms over your head. Like, lift it up. Take off the chain mail, belt, coin purse. You know, hug him goodbye. I, I just at a total loss. Right. You know, when I went in, back into the restaurant, I was, uh, because I canceled my lift and was like, I'm going back inside to get drunk until I die, obviously. And like, went back in and was so weirded out that I think I ordered a, I was like a whis- whiskey vodka, like ordered a whiskey vodka, which is not a drink. It's never been a drink. No. And, uh, and it was just a fucking bummer. It was like such a huge, it's a funny story. And there's a way in which I can tell it that it's like really, really funny. Yeah. But as I'm telling it right now, I'm just like, I, I hate this. I will say I could have laughed during more of it, but one on a podcast, no one really wants to hear me laugh the whole time. Sure. And secondly, <laughs> given the context of the last 40 minutes of what we've been talking about. Yeah. It became increasingly sad. Yeah. I mean, one of my friends, my friend Max, who I told the story to, he was just like furious. You know, he was just mad. And I, I was mad too. And I, and I really, you know, I really did not like that this is my life. And there, have, and it's not like I don't, I don't, I don't think this is like the way it's going to go for me. But I also will say from the start, I was like, I shouldn't do this. And I was right that I shouldn't have. But I think it's a really weird move to show up to a first date in a complete knight's costume. Yeah. It's horrible. One of the oddest date stories I've ever heard. Yeah. And I was on the date being like, shit, I can't even write this into a script because it would be in one of those movies that I refuse to be in. Like, that, <laughs> like it's too broad. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like it would get cut out of like the weird date scene in like a bad movie. I feel like this is your next Conan thing. Yeah, but it's too mean. Mm. You know what I mean? Can I, it's can, not I fair. can I give a silver lining to this though? Sure. And you could say you're full of shit, Sam. Okay. I'd be fine with that. Yeah. I don't think it's going to get worse at that dating wise. Like well, I, I think you had an assault is always worse. 
Okay. Well, you know, you could get a real psycho. Yes. Like this guy was actually very nice. Okay. You could get one of those people that like doesn't go away or does something horrible. Barring physical and, and emotional abuse like that on a first date, I think that's gonna be the worst. This will do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although you know, you know, you know, you can't undervalue or underestimate underestimate the slow drip of disappointment of being like looking across at someone and being like, "What is it?" Because they're attractive and they're smart. But it's just not there. But that's more disappointing than heartbreaking or like like. It can be heartbreaking if like you can't connect after a while. That's mm. what I'm afraid of. Does that happen? Do you go on a few dates and you're like, why is this not working? No, I haven't done it again. Oh. Uh. Yeah. You know, like I haven't. And, and I can't. I, what, I'm not going to go on like any internet dates. No. You know, I don't. And I hate computers. And I don't want to go on the internet anyway to right. go on dates. And I don't think like I can. To be honest. No, probably not. I don't think so. I guess I could do that thing called like Raya, but that seems really weird. It's not seems, to shit on something that I don't even know what it is. It, well, yeah, it's a little peculiar. It seems elitist in a bizarre way. John Cusack's on there, I think. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love his work, but yeah. I, I don't think I want to go on a date with him. Probably not. He's he's not in my what I'm looking for right now. Mm-hmm. No. The whole thing... I have to be honest, I'm not a big, I'm not, I can't really keep up with people's lives outside of the work you've done. And, Uh but I did read that profile of you, of yours in the New York Magazine because she's a friend of mine. I think she's a great writer. I, I, can I, this is just an honest thing. Is it a pain in the ass to have your public life and public love be so, your love be so public? Yeah. Yeah, but I'm like, people are constantly telling me, you know, you gotta reel it in. And like, you have to understand the repercussions of, you know, pull quotes and. Right. You know, it's like a a really annoying thing that they say, so and so opens up. As if you finally decided in that moment to open up something that was closed when maybe you're just talking about something. You know, like the... Also, your default is honesty. That that yeah. that, 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 <laughs> that advice is like very comparable to where, to how your dad gave you advice on when he would give you like very, very narrow-minded and you'd have to tell him that doesn't help a complex emotional yeah. human being. Yeah. But you know, it's it depends. It's like, it depends on the person because also, like it or not, especially like the internet media tries as quickly and, and as hard as it can to figure out how to commodify and objectify any public identity. So, you know, for me to talk about my ex-husband and what that experience was like to be married to him and how wonderful he is or our work together is a different thing than to talk about someone I've partnered with who is, who is so branded by no will of his own you know, mm-hmm. by, by the, by the outer world. And I didn't, um, I didn't really ever think that through. It's sort of like I went, I went to Norway, um, and all of the people in Oslo, they can take the, the like public subway up to the top of a mountain. That's where the subway like ends uh-huh. or whatever, or maybe it continues on, but it goes to the top of a mountain and then they rent little sleds that they sit on and they go down. And I was with a Norwegian woman and an American friend. And the Norwegian woman, the American friend was like, well, 
sledding down a whole mountain. Like, is that scary? And the Norwegian woman was like, it's 0% scary. That's what she said. 0%. 0% scary. So then we go and get the sleds, which, by the way, they're like, you have to have a helmet. I'm like, why do we have to have a helmet? You know, I used to go sledding in, like, the back of, like, a school in our neighborhood that had a hill. I thought I, it was 0%. Yeah, like, why, do you, why would I need a helmet? And it was basically like skiing. You know, it was, like, very, very scary downhill. But I never... I just thought it was what I thought it was. You know, like I never took the moment to be like, oh shit, maybe these like this like beautiful six foot tall Norwegian woman who skied onto the train is going to have a different percent scary experience than me as a tiny Jew from Massachusetts. And now I'm at the fucking top of a mountain on a sharp sled and I could like kill myself. I'm wearing a helmet. I don't want to be here. And the speed is different than I thought and the experience is different than I thought and it's not fun and I don't like it and I'm only here because I was open and game and it's kind of my fault and I'll take something from it but like I should have thought this through. But there's no way for me to because, I mean there is, there's a way for me to like now I've experienced what it feels like to kind of be a little bit overexposed or how like you can take something precious, talk about it and it will be run through a system that oversimplifies it, heightens it, you know, sensationalizes it or whatever. And then suddenly you're like, you feel kind of like molested, but it's your fault. It's hard. It's most hard, I think, in knowing you for the last hour, because <laughs> the thing that makes you great is that I think great as a, as a person is that you are willing to dive in. Yeah. And be fully honest. So that means if you continue being fully honest, you're going to continue being in situations that sometimes are going to result in pain. Yeah. But it seems to happen to you more often than you'd want it to. Yeah. I mean, like, for example, that, that article that you, you're referencing, like I had a really nice day with the woman who wrote it and I'm still in touch with her and I like, you know, she's, she's great. Um, you can't separate from the fact that she works for the internet, you know, like, so like, even if she writes whatever piece she has written will also get picked up by, you know, E! News or something like that right? or any website in between and made into whatever they want. Um, and so you have to start to be like, well, I guess I will be careful about what I talk about, but that's the first step. And that, that step for me, creates a lot of despair because I admit that I'm here because I want to be known, not because I want to be famous, but I want to be understood. I want to connect and I don't want to be misunderstood. And especially as a woman, when so much is put on you and, you know, whether, <laughs> dare I say it, like we live under patriarchy and in that system, women are oversimplified so that like, they're easily controlled, but that's not, you know, that's not really what we're like and it's not what we should have to do. And so I'm constantly trying to show the complexity because I, it's my will to live. It's my fucking will to live, you know? And so I, um, the first step is like, okay, I guess I'd better be careful about what I discuss. Then it starts to be like, but Jenny, don't the things in your life occur not just because there's one access point? but because there are many access points and sunlight streams in from all areas and then something grows, 
Can't you talk about it in a different way? Talk about yourself. Maybe you don't have to have like specifics like, mom, you know, my husband and I were on our honeymoon or whatever. Or when my ex-boyfriend and I did this or that. Maybe you could be like, there have been times when I felt in my spirit and in my heart that I was doing this or that. And you can start to make it about your identity and like, and start to guide people away from defining you first and foremost by the men that you're with. Mm. Cause that also is like, I will not have that. And I hate that. It's so annoying and not like any of the men that I'm with. <laughs> Their personalities aren't like mine at all. It's so weird that I would like fly their flag. You know what I mean? Like, that's crazy. They're not the country that I'm from. <laughs> I'm with them because they're different. That's right. why I like them. Whoever they are. Not the knight. Not the knight. I will not wear his crest. <laughs> <laughs> I will not fly his flag. No, man. Ugh. What's wrong? I was just thinking about the knight. The knight? Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I can't stand that that happened to me. Yeah. But I did like my pasta a lot that night, and I wish I brought it home. Do you think you're going to get to a place where that situation approaches and you say, no? Like that somebody asks me about my personal life and I don't talk about it? No, 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 no. Oh. That a, a knight sits down with you oh. on a first date, and you're like, you know what? I don't need this. Because you've also talked about how in yeah. social interactions, you're with people you don't like that much, and you you know you do things that please them or like you're you're accommodating yeah um you know i am there a bit it just has to like i'm not often there immediately like the night came right into my life i wasn't able to be like i didn't even have a moment to think about it and so my default will usually be try to work this out as long as it's not like a six hour thing like i was like all right this is an hour and 15 minutes uh, I'll do this. Mm. But like recently, yeah, I, I bail on a lot if I think I'm going to be, be unhappy. Huh. Not in a selfish way, but it's like, you know, if there are like two people that I haven't seen in a while and I'm not close with them and they're getting married and I'm invited to their wedding that's far away and all of my friends are going, but I'm kind of like, eh, I don't, I don't actually really want to, then I won't go. And I don't know why someone would want to have me at their wedding anyway if I had that attitude. That mm. kind of stuff. Right. Or it'll just be like, no, I'm not, I, I just don't do this. I, th- like, you know what I'm really strict about where I have like a major, uh, this is absolutely not happening policy is, uh, is watching reality TV. <laughs> yeah, will not do it. That, that's the thing, a bridge too far, reality TV. Um, I mean, some of it, like I like the cooking things. Um, and I like, like, uh, the one where they go, like, they go and they race around the world. That's nice. But I like, will I watch The Bachelor or The Bachelorette? No, I'd rather be locked out of my house. (laughs) Straight up. I think that stuff is making us, uh, I think it's, it's poison. I think it's like a, a societal poison. And I have like a very unrelenting point of view on that. Mm. Cannot take it as a joke. (laughs) Not when like our president is a reality star and he uses words like this is going to be the greatest or this is going to be the best mm. when he's inarticulate and ignorant. There is that. We've avoided talking about Donald Trump the yeah. entire... I'd rather not, to be honest. I like it. I, I talk about it a lot. Though. There's nothing to be said. Yeah. At this, I mean, there's a lot to be said, yeah. but three years from now, 
Yeah. Because things are changing a lot. There are developments in your life happening, both personal and career, as is everyone's fucking life. Yeah. We started this talk by being like, oh. I don't feel like I'm getting the roles I want. I don't. I'm. I feel not wanted. Mm, God. As an actress. Oh, brother. I mean, I do feel like, but I don't. You I know? got you. Yeah. You don't have to. I understand. Well, I mean, talk about it like a poll quote. Not that you're going to do that, but like, it's complicated. All of it is. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. What's the balance like for you moving forward? Like, what does it look like in three years? Yeah. Like, how much do you want to be working? Do you want to fall in love again? What What is the like, what's the thing you imagine would be great? In three years, I would like to have really new, clean sheets and towels, meaning that if they'd been worn out, I don't really think twice to replace them. Like, I'm grateful, but I'm like, of course I can. Like, that's like, I have like, I'm like that successful that I have like really nice textiles that I have a garden that's like insane, organized and flourishing, okay? That um, I make three projects as an actress a year where I work with people who are really talented and um, that I feel a greater sense of... of um, being sustainable in my career, you know, like I want to be like Ruth Gordon. I want to work forever and I want to feel a little less frightened that it's going to be taken away. So that will also mean that, um, I have a gentler view on myself and on the world. And I believe fewer of the stupid rules about this industry that really don't help us. So that, that's what I'd like, like three really good projects a year. And that I'd like to spend my summers on Martha's Vineyard. I would like to have my book finished, a feminist sort of like creature-based essays that are about, it's like, a, it's like a Bible for me, but for most people, if they want to read it, that's filled with prayers and love letters and essays about um, living as like a, I guess like you could define me as like very femme, but like a genderless existence within myself, like a creature, you know? I'd like to finish that. And I'd like to be in love with like a really kind man who asks me a lot of questions about myself and who talks to me a lot. And I'd like to try to have a baby with him. And I'd like to be a really good mom. And that just makes me teary because I didn't ever want to be a mother, and now I do. So hopefully, I will, well, one way or another, I will. You know, whether I make a baby from my body or I adopt a baby. But I just want to have a garden and have like a baby in overalls and a baby with lots of books and a baby that doesn't use an iPad. And um, <laughs> I don't, I just want to have one computer in the house and not really have it on. <laughs> you <don't>, Sorry. <laughs> no, no. 
I know you don't need me to remind you of this. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. But you deserve all of that. Thank you, Sam. Yeah, I think I do. That's why I can see it clearly. Right. Yeah. I think, um, y- you know, it's just hard because your 20s are such a second adolescence. And so for the whole time, you're like, this is adulthood, is it? This Is, is this adulthood? Like, why do I like, what? I can't do anything. Like, why do I? Like, I? I'm in it right now. Yeah, like, what's going on? You know? How old are you? 22. You are? Really? <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, get ready. I mean, you're going to do great. You're already doing great. Um, but that, for me, I was like, whoa. And now I can just get to to see myself. You know? It's just now. I can really see it. And a lot of that is through failure, beautiful, weird, electric failure. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of that is through self-love. What do you see? In myself? Um, I see a person of uh, great faith and openness. I think I'm very, very resilient I'm obsessed with my resilience. And I think I am someone who, if I don't keep an eye on things, can be indulgent and vain, just like everyone else. But that uh, all systems are, are a go, you know, and everything works. And I see myself as a person who is on the verge of the greatest opportunity for self-growth. I like that. Yeah. It feels exciting. <laughs> well, we'll check back in 2020 in three years. Let's. Yeah. Don't forget. Even <laughs> if you're not doing this anymore, we could. Jenny Slate, uh, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, Sam. I really enjoyed this. Special thanks this week to Lindsay Shane and the good people at Magnolia for helping arrange this week's episode of the podcast. Landline, which is the latest collaboration between Jillian Robes Pierre and Jenny, is out in theaters in Los Angeles and New York City July 21st. If all goes as planned, Jenny's personal Bible, which will include feminist prayers, essays, and love letters, will come out whenever it is meant to come out. If this is your first go-around with our show, 
you should definitely dive into our back catalog. Past guests include Zoe Kazan, Ben Schwartz, Melanie Linsky, and more at www.talkeasypod.com. Talk Easy is executive produced by David Chen, graphics by Ian Jones, illustrations by Krishna Shenoy, music by Dylan Peck. Our assistant producer is Valerie Ettenhofer, and the show is produced by Nor Knight. I'm Sam Fragoso. Thank you for listening to Talk Easy. I'll see you next week. The tradition of breaking tradition continues with the return of the unconventional awards from T-Mobile for Business at Mobile World Congress. This is an event that celebrates innovators whose bold actions took their industries to new places. If that sounds like you and you're a T-Mobile for Business customer, enter today. If you win, you'll be publicly honored among some of the most influential leaders in industry. And me, I'll be there too. Enter now at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. See you there. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.